Dragon Endeavor has returned home. Bob and Doug are now safely back home on Earth. That historic splashdown. Splashdown. Dragon Endeavor has returned home. Astronauts Bob Benkin and Doug Hurley inside the SpaceX Dragon Endeavor for this 19-hour journey to Earth, orbiting the planet at a mind-blowing 17,000 miles per hour before entering the atmosphere at 2.36 p.m. Eastern. My 19-hour flight, that sounds like a drag. Got a movie on that or something? Yeah. So Elon Musk sent... I gotta uh, pay for Wi-Fi? <laughs> I spent $1,000 on this flight. Elon Musk sent some people to space, then brought them back, and they splashed down safely over the weekend. That's cool. That's yeah. good. And as the capsule was bobbing in the water and all the news cameras were on it, some guy in a big boat pulls past with a big Trump 2020 oh flag gosh. right in front of the cameras. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, there are, I, You know what? I, I worry about this country. I really do. But, man, I love the American people. Well, we're half nuts, but we have fun. Um, speaking of space, you know, we launched the spaceship last week to go to Mars. The reconnaissance, uh, no, that's the last one that we sent over there. This one is, what is this one oh, called? Oh, the that new one? What yeah, whatever. Uh, but it's uh, Perseverance. Marsy McMars face. Yeah, 2,200-pound, two, like, super cool SUV yeah. that's going to drive around. And then the... It's got the low-profile tires. Really cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet. 20-inch wheels, rims. And uh, oh, yeah. crazy bass on that thing. They'll hear that all over Mars. <laughs> Bumping tunes. Um, and then there's a helicopter. I hadn't realized NASA paid extra for the upgraded stereo. And then there's a helicopter, the Ingenuity helicopter, that is going to yeah. fly around and pick up rocks. And then they're going to bring the rocks back to Earth, which they're calling our greatest interplanetary circus act ever. Yeah, how about that? This Bringing is, stuff back from Mars. This is really the most amazing thing. It, it's, according to scientists, more impressive than sending man to the moon. Going all the way to Mars, picking up some rocks, and delivering them back because of the distance involved. Right. It's right. just it's like, what, 150 miles, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a long <laughs> way. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's, it's awe-inspiring, and it's great. It's what we need to be doing as a country. People who don't get that make me sad. We need to achieve. We need to do wonderful things. It brings us together. Not as long as we have statues of Columbus up. Oh, please do, STFU. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading this article, how NASA found the ideal hole on Mars to land in. You listen to me, Mars hole. Um, Why you got to land in a hole? And then one, uh, <clears throat> protect yourself from the elements and whatnot. Oh, okay. Um, uh, one other space thing. There's actually an op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal today by a guy who's super into UFOs and aliens and all that sort of stuff. And there's been some legislation passed recently that the government has to release everything they know about aliens. <clears throat> and so, uh, have you seen these various UFO stories uh, popping up in the last couple of weeks? I have indeed. Yep. They've, they've released some more information on the UFOs and this and that. And this guy believes the federal government is laying the groundwork to let us know, because they have to now, that we have had contacts with with uh, intelligent life from other planets. And they're just they're just preparing us mentally for that. With these various UFO stories. Mm. That seems a little out there for the Wall Street Journal op-ed page. Yeah. I believe that he believes that. I wouldn't be shocked to find out that the government doesn't think we can handle it. Oh, right. That they got some space signals of some sort. They don't know what they are. Okay, so we're going with clearly 
emanating from intelligent life as opposed to they were here. Right. Okay. Okay. They, they, now but, I'm on board. But, but they're because of the way, you know, the paternalism of, of, of the government, they think we're just too fragile to handle that information. So they, they're, they're kind of laying the groundwork with these various UFO stories. I don't know. Mm. Could be a bunch of crap. I have no idea. Yeah, I wonder. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, scientists are, are pretty good at not leaking. They're not like uh, government bureaucrats who just crave attention and status. Um, but I got to believe that would have leaked. I mean, if you... Friggin' aliens? If, yeah, you would think so. If you're the guy who got signals from... And you, you just... You know, you did months, years, who knows, worth of work to determine that this was indeed from uh, Centauri 6 or whatever... I would think you'd be so excited you couldn't keep it to yourself. You'd be a different sort of person than me. I have substantive evidence of intelligent life other than Earth. Yeah, they well, I signed a form said I wouldn't talk about, it, so I'm not talking yeah, about. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the biggest secret in the history of human beings. Yeah. Think I signed a government form, and I you know mm-hmm. so I better not. Say I mean, anything. I admire their fidelity, <laughs> I guess, but. So I came across this on a Twitter feed I thought was kind of interesting. I occasionally ask my dad stuff about his military career, and he said, nah, it's classified for life. I really can't tell you. There was very little, but it had to do with America's nuclear arsenal. And I thought, well, I'm curious, but I respect it. So what are you going to do? You think he had contact with aliens? No, it's about America's nuclear arsenal. Oh, okay. Just, you know, saying, I said I wouldn't talk about this. I'm not talking about it. Mm -hmm. It might be harmless. It might be totally outdated. You might be my kid. or I don't think he trusted you with a secret. Exactly. (laughs) Well, there you go. He's a smart man. Um, I I can be bought. I've made that clear. (laughs) I saw this tweet over the weekend. I thought it was kind of interesting. What's the dumbest thing you thought about the pandemic back in March? This person said, for me, it was being stressed that we might have to do this till Memorial Day. Yeah, I remember kind of having that feeling myself. Right. I get a couple of texts. We had a family vacation planned during the pandemic, and I kept telling everyone, hey, a lot can happen in two months. I think we'll be fine. And, you know, obviously that was silly. Oh, I think everybody thought that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and you know what? I still say. This isn't a criticism of thinking that. I think it's just, you know, you look back on it and realize how far off base we all were. Not only do I think this is a candidate for the way we should have done it, I think it's the leading candidate. Protect the vulnerable and let it roll. Someday, when we have the gift of 2020 hindsight, I could see epidemiologists saying, yeah, the response should have been just protect the vulnerable and, and do nothing else. It's a, it's a hell of a bad break. It's, uh, th- we got hit by a, a novel and incredibly contagious coronavirus that kills a very small percentage, but a, a terrible number of people. It's a hell of a bad break. The one thing, you you know, it's, uh, sorry, back to the great game of golf, which is so often a metaphor for life. When you're in trouble, get out of trouble. Don't compound your problem by trying to pull off a miracle. And to me, trying to prevent an incredibly contagious disease from spreading is trying to hit, you know, your ball through a two-foot gap in trees 75 yards away from you. It, you're going to cause more damage than if you just accept that I got a terrible break. But, you know, I don't know. I'm I, I'm not speaking with certainty. I just think this is probably the case at this point. Back to the dumbest thing you thought about the pandemic back in March. I felt bad for people with quarantine birthdays and was grateful it'd be done by my birthday. My birthday was on Wednesday. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely, in my mind didn't even consider the fact that 
distance schooling would continue for next year. No. When, when, when they first announced it. No. That, that wasn't even on the table. It wasn't even... I didn't even take the time to, to think, I wonder if. It just wasn't even... I, I, I wasn't even <laughs> presenting to myself as an option. I would have lost an enormous sum of money if somebody had offered me that bet. The majority of America's school systems would not have in-person learning next year. Well, I remember that my kids' school, they closed it down for a month. It was April, the month of April they closed mm-hmm. it down, so late March. And I remember, wow, a whole month, and then I wonder if they'll close it, but, but no. It being the next year. You know, I mentioned this uh, a while ago, but some friends said, hey, uh, we're, we want to come out for when the uh, uh, Team X plays Team Y. You want to come with us? And this is just a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, yeah, let's do that. What are you out of your minds? A football game with full stands or even part, part, partial stands? It's not happening. Although NASCAR's done that, come to think of it, though, right? Like one-fifth capacity? Have they kept Mm. that up, or Mm. was that just a one-time thing? I don't even know. By March, my lunch group at work started a Rona box with hand sanitizer, wipes, toilet paper. We all thought it was hilarious. And it turned out, you know, it wasn't. Uh, uh, I thought I was going to become this super crafty, well-read, in-touch-with-my-feelings person due to the isolation. And in shape. Instead, I just work, cry into my dog's fur, and watch The Office on a loop. That's pretty funny. (laughs) That's some good writing. Well done. Uh, I like this one. I remember when I was like, well, looks like this is serious. Time to buy one. A mask. One. Right. <laughs> I guess I got to get serious about this. Um, uh, I thought we'd be sheltering in place for two weeks when I left the office, so I left my plants at work. They're all dead now, I'm sure. I'll occasionally wander through uh, some of the areas of the radio ranch that everybody's home and has been for months now and. And it's it's weird. It, like, I, mean, I, I guess I said this last week. It's like the last days of Pompeii before Mount Vesuvius buried it in lava and ash. Everything's left as if everybody's going to come back tomorrow. After lunch. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's weird. Well, yeah, it's, it's clear, ghostly. It's clear that everybody left with the feeling of, oh, I'll be right back. You know. Right. And, uh, right. and uh, the months drag by. And now, realistically, I can see for Public schools in the state I live in not getting back to school this year in cl- in the classroom the entire year. Yeah, just because of how oh, incredibly yeah. cautious they're being and how the teachers' union is being so uh, adamant about it. Right, the kids need a union. Their mental health, their educational needs, they need a union that donates millions of dollars to politicians because the poor kids are unrepresented. Yeah, I like that's the only thing that matters in, in American government right now is writing checks. I like the angle of how did schools not become an essential business? Yeah. The various businesses that no matter what grocery stores are open, they have to be open. You just have to figure out a way to do it. How are schools not in that category? Kids got no union. Teachers will be dangerous. As, yeah. How about the people at the grocery store? Sure. They have to go in every single day. Yeah. My People son works him. at a grocery store. I have a daughter works at a, a, a big box uh, hardware store. They got to work. And they deal with people all day long. People more likely to uh, to have symptoms and stuff, too. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not all just children. And listen, I'm not without s- sympathy for no. teachers. I mean, it's, no. it's, it's nasty. But it's back to the, we got a terrible hop. We're in a bad situation. We need to accept it and figure out how to not cause more damage. And some people's answer, particularly because they've been terrified for months by the media, is, well, we got to shut down completely. We just have to hide. I just, I don't agree. I don't think there's any way out of this. Uh, I think we have to live through it best we can. 
Schools are an essential business. That should be the rallying cry of everyone across schools the country. Schools are essential. Yeah. Schools are essential. Who's with me? Schools are. Yeah. What do we want? No, I hate that chant. That's the worst of chants. Nobody's cliche, with me. please. Yeah. This is just disappointing. One man chanting is just a crazy person. Armstrong and Getty. Uh, he ought to pick Val Demings. I think she brings a lot to the ticket in terms of the law and order background that she has. I think he's going to pick Kamala Harris because it's a safe campaign, and that's what they've tended towards so far. I was horrified that Fox News Sunday spent the whole damn hour interviewing various vice presidential possibilities. Jeez, wait till he picks, and then let's discuss who he picked. Man, you are... You are too into politics if you want to go through the bios of... They had up on the screen on MSNBC two rows of six, 12 people. Oh, If you want to go through the bios of those people and discuss them all with your friends, good for freaking you, but stay away from me. <laughs> After he picks somebody, I'll be happy to discuss their uh, their their backgrounds so that they could potentially be president. Did Dan Quayle punch you in the face at just, some point? It's just a non-story. Why are you so anti-veep? Here's the only... Because it never matters. Historically... Walter Mondale stole a girl from Jack. Historically, it's never mattered who somebody picks running for president. There's no evidence it's ever mattered. Except for Lyndon Johnson and Kennedy, for reasons I won't bore you with. But um, the only interesting thing out of this story is, why has Biden delayed three times? He said he was going to make his decision August 1st. Then last week, he said it'd be the first week of August. Then over the weekend, he said it'll be next week. Wow. What's going on there? Yeah, that wait a minute. actually has my attention. Unless What's your theory? I was thinking maybe it's a Trump style making me the story that everybody talks about every day because it was the story on fox mm. news sunday it cable, makes a difference cable news talking about it today it, it makes you be the story and you know like trump yeah. believes as long as i'm a story it's a good thing maybe biden's taking that page i don't know i'm not or, sure it's a good idea because it kind of plays into the he's a doddering old fool narrative does if, he realize a week has passed <laughs> oh wow um if it's not that though he's watching his stories if it's not that, it's some sort of disarray that can't be good. Like, we had it figured out, then something happened? Got cold feet or mm. some new... I don't know what it would be. <laughs> some new oppo research came out. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Just let me know who he picks, and then we'll talk about her. By the way, it's gonna be a woman. hey, Esther. Because it's Esther. We have our announcement. Esther is his VP pick. That was the voice of Lon Hee Chen, who you hear on our show every Friday. He was on uh, uh, Making the Rounds yesterday, as he does, because he's brilliant. But uh, I'm, I'm surprised that he and so many people think Kamala Harris is the safe choice. Boy, I don't think so, but uh, black people didn't want to vote for her. No, no. They figure they, they can count on the black vote anyway. It's uh, The black vote is automatic for Democrats. Now, turnout I don't can know, rise that... and fall. But, yeah, yeah, if you are a person of color, the Democrats are never going to do anything for you other than handouts because they assume you're going to vote for them. And Kamala might appeal to middle America because she is, uh, you know, a a reasonably uh, effective prosecutor. 
So they think, well, she's not totally soft on crime. All right. Turning out the young wokes got nothing to do with it. They never vote anyway. Um, so Apple stock split over the weekend. Why did that happen? It doesn't happen anymore very often, as reading in the Wall Street Journal. Stock splits are out of fashion in Wall Street, but they make sense for a company that makes consumer products and wants to get a whole bunch of people to buy the product invested in the in the company and and mm. and, and, and you know care about the company. Uh, Apple has split its stock. It split two for one. It split four for one back in uh, or seven for one in 2014. Four for one over the weekend. So it's now 28 to one in just a couple of years, which means it would have been a $2,700 a share stock if they were following the way all other businesses are doing business. Mm. But they've been able to keep it a double-digit stock. You can afford to buy a share of Apple stock because it's still under 100 bucks. Yeah, so that's, I think that's, that's smart. That's their theory is let everybody be invested in an Apple. Oh, hey, speaking of business, the new trend is renting out your pool. It's like air pool and bee, if you will. Randos in my backyard? Yes. With their, their various me up. <laughs> juices yeah, in your pool. Doesn't that sound like a great idea? They're various juices. Yeah, we'll tell you how it works and who's behind <laughs> it and the rest of it. You might want to rent out your pool. You. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Let me tell you something, John. Next time you send one of them peddlers over to my house, I'm going to fill his caboose full of rock salt, and he can thank you for that. That's the great Wilford Brimley, who died over the weekend. That was his famous role, perhaps his most famous role, as wise, old, earthy guy. Which was every role. Who says he what he played. means and means what he says. Whether commercials, movies, TV shows, you run him on, into him on the street. He, he was and just guess how much nonsense he tolerates. <laughs> None. He, um, he, he was born with a face and a voice that just exudes that. Yeah. Is that a skill on its own? Earnestness. I he don't was know. the perfect that. Yep. As you said earlier, he didn't have a very wide range. No. No, they, he was rarely asked to stretch. Listen, we're looking for a... I know! I know what you're looking for. <laughs> I know why you hired me. Just give me the script. I'll do that. <laughs> like, did he have any roles when he was 30, or did he look like that when he was 30? I don't know. Maybe he was Quaker there. Oats. It's the right thing to do. There you go. That's right. Forcefully earthy and wise. That was his thing. He could have sold me anything. Reverse mortgage, boner pills, whatever. You just <laughs> Oatmeal. believe it. Oatmeal. Having a good firm erection. It's the right thing to do. <laughs> well, in certain times it is. Certain times it's not. <laughs> so, um, sometimes it's not right at all. No, it's the last thing I want. Right. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, by all kinds of different metrics, the virus seems to be getting worse nationwide. More uh, widespread, certainly. More widespread, spread, yeah. spread into places that really hadn't had it at all. It's getting there now. A uh, good article in the Wall Street, Wall, uh, I think it's the Wall Street Journal, about the, the San Francisco Bay Area that shut down early and is getting hit hard, crazy hard. What's going on there? It looks like it just comes to your area when it gets there mm-hmm. and hits you hard whether you like it or not, no matter what you do. That's kind of what it looks like to me. The deaths, the 14-day rolling average of deaths, it's up almost 60%, which is not good, but 
cases are down, so maybe it's a you know that lagging indicator, and that means we're headed in the right direction ultimately. Who knows? But it's, or maybe it'll just come in little waves and just for a long time. We were talking about you know what were you wrong about in early March? If you'd have told me in early March in August the building will be still be empty and you'll be wearing a mask to go to the bathroom, I would have thought how many million people died in this country right. to end up with that result. Right. Yeah, it's probably worth mentioning a friend of Armstrong and Getty, who we've mentioned before, his wife had uh, the vid for 110 days. One of the so-called long haulers that they're trying to understand. She's uh, healthy and gaining strength for three weeks now, still reduced lung capacity, must nap daily. Her 63-year-old mom got it and recovered in two to three weeks and then nursed her own daughter back to health about three weeks ago. Mom began to feel bad again with fatigue and shortness of breath, and on Friday she had a heart attack. She's stable, but in a short-staffed hospital, and we have more questions than answered. As of now, it's believed that despite her COVID-19 recovery, her heart was damaged, making her more susceptible to this attack. She had no history of heart disease. As our friend puts it, this is a frightening alien malady with growing evidence. Even fast recoveries can end with lasting heart and lung damage. It's a terrible disease. There's got to be a genetic component that some people with just the right something in their in their genetics oh. get just hammered by this thing, and everybody else doesn't. You know, that, that reminds me, I was going to bring this up. It's, uh, it's formatted on this website in a way that's impossible to print, and I really needed to print it because it's extremely long, and I needed to be able to highlight it. But they're talking about why some people appear to have protection against the coronavirus <clears throat> and very long story short and it's a little bit complicated but you know part of your immune system is these t-cells that attack disease and, and beat them down and get rid of them and a certain percentage of the population appears to have had a coronavirus and and there are all sorts of them we've heard this right the the, the common cold is a coronavirus um it's just a different sort of one but there are a certain number of people who have T-cells that have been made and put on alert looking for a similar disease. So then when you get the COVID-19, they think, time to report for duty. And they knock it out before you can get very sick. And it's not clear why some people have that and some don't since, you know, the common cold is, well, common. Um, but some people appear to have those defenses already. Well, imagine if they could test for that because... Then you would have, you know, the the people that know I'm really susceptible to this being bad. I got to live my life differently, and and then those of us who know I don't really have to worry about it at all, mm-hmm. and I can go about my life. Yeah, the the way they figured this out is that, um, let me see if I can scroll down to that where they explain it. These scientists were trying to understand how we react to COVID and how we produce antibodies. And, and, and the T cells and our other immune system responses. And so what they had to do is get some control group blood. And what they did was go back to, I think it was 2015 through 2018, people who couldn't conceivably have had COVID-19 as their control group. But then when they went to do their experiments, they realized, wait a minute, it's almost half of this control group has, has uh, T cells that go after COVID-19. How can that be? And this this could be a major breakthrough. Um, you know, whether it'll move quickly enough to, to have any real effect, nobody knows. But um, it, it's looking like 
some of us might just be not immune to it, but have resistance to it. That might explain all of it. Why some people get very, uh, you know, mild uh, reactions to it. The whole uh, kid thing is still a mystery. Why kids appear, appear to be damn near impervious to the thing. Have active T-sales. It's the right thing to do. So yeah. Wilford Brimley would have said if he were still with us. Yeah, but uh, th- this uh, this paper is being uh, well-reviewed uh, by you know experts, and they're doing further experiments um, to try to figure out whether this convalescent serum where they take the, the blood of people who've lived through it and now have some reactivity to it and injecting that in other people is, is a way to do it. But there's progress being made. It's, it's awfully slow, but progress. Here's the article. It was in the Washington Post, actually. The San Francisco area flattened the curve early. Now coronavirus cases are surging. The Bay Area's progressive residents generally have been inclined to follow the rules. I thought that was an interesting sentence on its own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You want to go into that Washington Post, what that's all about right you know, there? It's funny. There was a big study that got a lot of attention on uh, liberal media a few years ago that was a personality profile of progressives and conservatives. Conservatives tend to like authority and deferring to authority, and they like rules and blah, blah, blah. They got a lot of attention. Bunch of rule-following, numbskull conservatives. Yeah. Who likes more rules? Mm-hmm. Who likes following rules? Who's more willing to rat out their neighbor for not following the rules? Really? The Bay Area's progressive residents generally have been inclined to follow the rules, but more than four months after the region put some of the nation's first shelter-in-place orders in effect, it's become a cautionary tale for government and health officials. I'd say medical experts say a slow but steady rise in complacency is worsening the case count. Contact tracers have told public health researchers that people are getting sick after indoor gatherings, and the numbers show that Latino residents and essential workers are being hit the hardest. Many people who live in the Bay Area, which is eight counties, or I'm sorry, a whole bunch of counties and about eight million people, many people who live here uh, say they're worn out and that a hermit-like existence is impossible for months on end. Tired of being stuck at home, friends and families are starting to gather again, uh-huh, and some parents are letting their children use still-closed playgrounds, ducking under the caution tape that has been wrapped around a jungle gym since March. We did that just last week. We just walked under the caution tape and played on the equipment. I thought nobody's been on this stuff for months. kids from being on playground gear is idiotic and unsupportable. Just from a scientific point of view, it's absolutely idiotic. And it's not surprising to me that our our brains or personalities just can only do this for so long. And then it's like, All right, there's a park here. I got a kid. The kid's going to play at the park. Well, and you're balancing risks, even if you're not conscious of it. You realize, okay, uh, the risk of the vid, it's a terrible disease. Chances are pretty good. I I wouldn't get very sick anyway. There's absolutely, we're all miserable. The kids are depressed. They're anxious. They miss their friends, the rest of it. That's risk. That's what makes us crazy about the current idiotic conversation in the media and in politics is nobody is is willing to admit that there are enormous risks to the hardcore shutdown. Terrible risks. Oh, you know, where is that? Uh, there it is. Um, there's this piece that came out in uh, Kaiser Health News um, talking about, uh, and they give a bunch of examples. Here's this uh, L.A. acting teacher. She's a bladder cat- cancer patient who broke her wrist in November. She needs physical therapy. She's months late for a cancer follow-up, but she won't go near a hospital. If I go to the back to the hospital, I'll get COVID. Hospitals are full of COVID people. I think this article is partly about paranoid people and, and fools, but 
Um, blah, 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 and they have some more people. But many patients are shunning hospitals. You haven't been to a hospital, then. you got to go. There's One, there's nobody there, and two, they're super careful. Many patients like this girl are shunning hospitals and clinics. The coronavirus has so diminished trust in the U.S. medical system that even people with obstructed bowels, chest pain, and stroke symptoms are ignoring danger signs and staying out of the emergency well, room. Well, that's just, I don't know what to do for you. I think the, the herd is getting thinned. You don't, you don't have the common sense to protect yourself. I mean, you're, you're running from the mouse into the jaws of the lion. Seriously. Plus, my, like I said, my experience, having been to the doctor a couple of times, this is like this, about the safest place you're going to be. They, 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 they're they careful all over the place there for obvious reasons, and they have the equipment to do it. That's what they do. Study for the CDC found that emergency room visits fell nationwide 42% April to April. Harris poll on behalf of the American Heart Association found that roughly one in four adults experiencing a heart attack or stroke would rather stay at home than risk getting infected with the coronavirus at the hospital. Well, that's sad, but I don't know what to do for you. These concerns are higher in black, 33% and Hispanic, 41% populations. You are seriously opting away from the mouse to go to the lion. I just I don't know what to do for you either. Although, you know, you got to blame the media to some extent, but. Um, oh, my God, you're ha- you think you're having a heart attack, but you stay in. It's better than getting the coronavirus. Jeez, what? Mammograms have dropped by as much as 90% at this hospital in Newport Beach, California. When you see only 10% of patients, you're not going to spot that woman with early stage breast cancer who needs a follow up biopsy, said the executive medical uh, director. Patients with untreated high blood pressure, heart and lung and kidney disease are all likely to experience a slow deterioration. Missed mammograms, people keeping up with blood pressure control. There's no question this will cause problems. Well, problems is one way to put it. Uh, Hundreds of thousands of deaths is another way to put it. I'm sorry. You may have heard me chuckle during a very serious story. I have a tendency to read texts as they come in sometimes. and Somebody texted, Wilford Brimley was born with a mustache, and that makes you trust him. You can kind of picture him coming out with a mustache, can't you, and a bald head? Now back to the doom. <laughs> Study by the American Cancer Society found that 79% of cancer patients in treatment had experienced delays in care, including 17% who saw delays in chemotherapy or radiation therapy. All right, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You're having a heart attack, but you're not going to go to the hospital. All right. A popular thing we've always done on the Armstrong and Getty show is review 10-year-old movies. Joe did it when he had kids. And yes. Now I do it. I saw a movie that's like eight years old over the weekend. I'll review it for you. Just what you need. Oh, plus I need a lawyer. Oh, boy. I need to, I, I need to, I'm putting out the word. I actually know several lawyers, but I need a lawyer in Virginia. Okay. I do. And then 45 more minutes of the Veep Stakes. We'll break down the 12 candidates, look at their backgrounds, see who's ready to take over the number one job. Elementary school records, grades, that sort of thing. Oh, We've absolutely. got it all. Yeah, we'll lay it out there for Where you. they stand on every position all Oof, on the way. Puke. Armstrong and Getty. Show. Is there a reason I keep seeing murder hornets in the news? 
What happened with murder hornets over the weekend? I saw the first murder hornet was captured in Washington or something. Yeah, yeah, Washington State. So now we get it to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't followed that story. I'm concerned about other stuff. Uh, I don't know. I have no who idea. Who are you and why are you here? Where, where, where are you hiding? There seems to be an increase in shark attacks, too. Telling me uh, the animal kingdom, they're coming to get us. And every time I see Murder Hornet, it reminds me that I watched Ant-Man over the weekend. Maybe I'll talk about that next hour. Nah. Reviewing an eight-year-old, eight-year-old movie. Listen, where'd we get the COVID from? Where'd it come from originally? China! Well, yeah, but what in China? Bats. bats. The bats gave us the COVID to soften us up. The sharks and hornets are the next wave. Soon, bears coming out of the woods, armed and ready for, well, loaded for bear, as it were. Mm. Loaded for humans. Have you ever rented a place? Have you? Yeah, me too. Several places. And uh, if you've ever been a renter, you know there are great landlords, there are fine landlords, and then there are the like the predatory scumbag types. I went through my whole career as a guy who rented just assuming I'll never get a deposit back because that just seemed like a scam to me. Yeah. That they're not going to even... What do you mean? It's just like when I moved in. No, the carpet seems like... All right, whatever. I know. I know. Well, my uh, my daughter and three of her roommates rented this place in their college town and great location, nice place and all, uh, reasonable rent. Everybody was super happy about it. Turns out they have the predatory landlord who's trying to pull all sorts of crap. So I've been fighting them. I actually uh, flexed my full, almost went to law school muscles and, and researched a bunch of, um, uh, it's, it happens to be in the state of Virginia, but um, I did a bunch of research about uh, rental law in Virginia and sent a long, detailed met, uh, letter citing chapter and verse, because we're actually on the lease, um, about why what they were trying to do is illegal and unethical. And, and, and then I said in a personal note, you have the perfect renters. They will respect your property. They will treat it like it's their own. They will pay their rent absolutely every month. This is a terrible idea. To, uh, let's have a friendly relationship. And they wrote back, go to hell, pay the money, or we'll take it out of the security deposit. So I'm going to get in touch with the various uh, rental uh, protection places in in the Commonwealth and see what I can do. I mean, I'm not going to go scorched earth over a relatively small amount of money, but I won't I won't be bullied, and I won't have them be bullied by just incredibly unscrupulous people. I bet that pretty works they, pretty they moved good. in. The, one of the appliances died almost immediately. The repairman comes in, the landlord's saying, you got to pay for this. And the repairman says, no, this is a pre-existing condition. This thing's been going to hell for months, or for years, rather, even though they were told the appliances were new, and now they want them to pay a, a deductible on getting the repair done. They want the girls to pay. It's like, no freaking way. I'll bet that works all, pretty well, though, because, you, one, you're dealing with young people who don't have life experience to know how to deal with it. Uh, and two, probably in a lot of cases, it's just mom and dad send a check for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so you just, I'll yeah. bet that works a lot. Yeah. I, I'm so mad at myself because I missed it. At the very, very end of the lease, in microscopic print, in a section that dealt with something else, it said there's a $100 deductible for all repairs. And I talked to a friend of mine who owns a bunch of rental properties. He said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So my tenant here is dripping behind the wall. They're not going to call me 
if they don't have $100 to spare. Sure, oh yeah. And so little problems turn into giant problems. He said that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in a lease. I've never heard of it, but it it seems uh, like it would... Be counterproductive. Yeah, so I'm a little fired up about this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be pursuing some sort of aid, and we're going to uh, give them a stiff arm. Oh, pulls another maneuver. The uh, girls mentioned, hey, the guy uh, cutting the lawn. I probably shouldn't be revealing all this on the air. Yeah, oh, go ahead. It. All right, Michael, if I have your permission. <laughs> they they the girls told the property manager, hey, the guy is supposed to be doing the lawn did a terrible job the other day. It's like he didn't even care, and so uh, the, the property manager said. All right, that's it. I fired him. You don't like it? I'll get rid of him. Fine. You find somebody to do it. You line up a new contractor. The girls are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. It says in the lease, you're supposed to deal with that? It's just awful, unethical people. I want to hurt them. Those people exist in the world. Yeah, I know they do. It's almost as... It's always shocking when I run into them. Why, why, why you got to be this? You know, it's probably worth... The money for the life lesson that their girls are learning. Sure. If something smells kind of funky, if a person strikes you as, there's something weird going on here. Trust that instinct. Remember that? She's tangled with the wrong wildcat, though, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Somebody almost went to law school. Wow. Um, Remember that? The biggest Twitter hack ever? They think they've caught the people that were behind that, among other things, on the way. I hope you can be with us. Armstrong and Getty.